how easy is it for you to do something when asked? Do you do it willingly? Or do you do it with suspicion? Here's a deeper question. How easy is it for you to do something when you're told to do something? Kind of puts it in a different vein, doesn't it? Asking's one way, but being told is another. Ladies, how do your husbands respond to that? I'm not going to reverse the pattern on that because I know that husbands would never tell their wives to do something. They might ask. Am I right? A wise man would ask. You ever wrestled with God? Think about it. God's asked you to do something and you, like a stubborn two-year-old, go, no. Only two-year-olds have this ability to go, no. And you know, they get that poise. They plant the feet, they put the hands on the hips, no. Do you still do it as an adult? Do you get stubborn enough to say no? Now, you might not do the stance, okay? You might not get the position, you know, the feet on the corner and they're standing. But do you say no? And kind of get a little belligerent about it? God ever asked you to do something? May even told you to do something? And you've got, a, the, uh, you've got the personality of a two-year-old and said no. How many of you have actually done what I call the ultimate no? It's when you plant the two feet, you fold the arms and you go... You kind of look around. You know, you, you get so angry you want to say no that you want to hold your breath. I'm not going to, I'll just hold my breath. Get that stubborn when you want to say no. If you've ever had a chance to wrestle with God, I'm going to tell you now, God's going to win. Ultimately, God will win. Give you an example. took me 12 years to get the four-year degree. <laughs> took you a minute, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do the math. Yep. 12 years to get the four-year degree. Now, it took me three to get the master's, which was what it was supposed to be. I was on the extended plan. But in that same time, God and I were wrestling. When I was about 18, I got the call to go into ministry. I told God to buzz off. I told God, you got the wrong person. (laughs) Yeah, you're making a big mistake. Reluctant prophet to the point of where I left Baptist College at Charleston. I understand, I was a Southern Baptist at the time. Left Baptist Baptist College at Charleston, changed my major, went to a tech college. I was running. I was running from God. I was going to tell God, that was my two-year-old no to God. Finally, along the way, I'm wrestling with God all along. God put people in my path to say, you know, this is what you need to be doing. 
You don't need to be messing with this. You need to be doing what I want you to do. I've been asking, I've been asking, I've been asking. And finally, 12 years later, Julia and I are at a Crisillo. I don't know how many of you have been to Crisillo in this church, who are, or De Caloris to those who are. But if you've been to Crisillo, it was a, it's a renewal weekend. It's a wonderful weekend. If you have a chance to do it, go. I'll help sponsor anybody that wants to go. But God had me in the palm of that hand, had me in a situation that I couldn't get out of, a captive audience, if you will. Where most people spent the whole weekend celebrating and singing songs and going through a number of spiritual events during that time, I spent most of my time in the chapel crying. I did a couple of that too, slamming books down. But in the process of this, there was a metamorphosis going on inside of me. I was wrestling with God. Still being the stubborn two year old to say, no, I'm not going to do it that way. You can't make me. So during that weekend, I finally came to the conclusion that I needed to go into the ordained ministry. Of course, Julia and I, what you don't know is Julia and I weren't married that long. We'd only been married since December, and this was around mm, midsummer, I guess. We'd moved from Charleston, South Carolina, to Wilmington, North Carolina. So here, we, here I go walking in with the priest on my side, actually our home parish priest. He was the, one of the ministers for that weekend. I go walking in, of course, what do you think she's thinking? Why is he walking in with the priest? Uh-oh, something's wrong. So we sit down, and of course, I'm sitting there. The tears start to flow at that point, and I'm trying to figure out a way to explain to her what I need to do, thinking it was going to kind of uproot our lives a little bit. And I finally opened my mouth, and I said, Julia, I need to go into the ministry, and I don't mean music ministry. I mean the ordained ministry. And I thought of every scenario, every answer if she came back with something. Except, she looks at me and she says, I always knew. And I'm thinking, what part of this ticket did I not buy? How could you have, she said, I always knew. I always knew. Not the answer I was expecting. So then I went to school. I only had three years under my belt at that point. I did 57 credit hours in one year. From a fall to a fall, including one summer session, a major overload. But I graduated. I had a goal. God and I decided that we weren't going to wrestle anymore. God and I decided that we were going to come to a compromise. But I was tired of fighting. Was tired, just tired. But amazingly, when I did that, when I, when, I, when I made that decision, doors opened up. Doors opened up. Went through the commission on ministry. It was the first year that they said they became user-friendly. And they did. Most people in the Diocese of East Carolina don't make it through on the first round. Made it through on the first round. Doors opened. That's what I was supposed to be doing. Now, I was hard-headed enough that it took me 12 years. Hopefully, in whatever the situation is in your life that you're wrestling with God, it doesn't take you 12 years. But God's patient. 
God's always been patient. God always will be patient. I want you to think about the things in your life that you're wrestling with. It could be something very personal. It could be something that affects other people. It could be somebody in your family or friends. What are you wrestling with? That question, unlike my other ones, usually in a service, can be rhetorical. In your life, you're going to have to wrestle. And there are going to be times that God's going to allow you to stumble. God doesn't make you stumble. He's going to allow it to happen. I use the analogy at the first service. And they may still have them. I haven't bought them in a long time. You know those real cheap flip-flops? You know what I'm talking about that have the little thing through the... And it, you can pull out the bottom, you know, you always end up, you know... Do you ever try to run in those things? As a kid, you think you're invincible. You're not going to get hurt. Not at all. So you start running in those flip-flops, and what happens? You stub the top part of your toe. And you know when you've done it. It's like... <laughs> and you go limping home. You got, you got the piece that's now flopping out of your flip-flop at that point. And if you try to put it back in, it, never go, it goes back in, but it never stays in from that point on. Sometimes God, in that wrestling match, is going to let you stumble. Just to be there to pick you up. To let you know God's there. Whatever it is in your life that you're wrestling with, it's not something you can't handle with God. But you have to name it and claim it. And that way then you have power over it. But you have to decide what those wrestling matches are in your life. And whether or not they are worth fighting for. Because they may not be. God's given you gifts, talents, and special skills. God's given you the ability to do things that nobody else can do. But you've got to use it. To further the kingdom. You can't sit back and think that God's going to do everything, the Christian life, the Christian walk, is an active, participatory kind of thing. If we truly believe that the church and we are living human beings, that the church is a living organism, it has to move and it has to breathe. Two basic functions of life. It's got to move, it's got to breathe. I hope, unlike the Old Testament story, that God doesn't have to knock your hip out of joint to get your attention. Sort of God's cheap shot. But if that's what it takes, God's going to do it. God's going to get your attention somehow, whether it's clanging cymbals, somebody possibly that comes into your life and says, you know what, you need to be doing this. You might want to think about that. Find some place in this wonderful, spirit-filled place that you can be, live, breathe, move, and do something. Even the smallest to the tallest, from the youngest to the more mature, has a place in this building, in the kingdom of God. We need everybody moving and breathing to make it happen.
Pittmans. We're here to celebrate a wonderful anniversary today. Family and friends are gathered. Let me ask a question. Have you two ever wrestled? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you one. But you will wrestle. Anybody who is anybody will wrestle eventually. And they're here to prove that 50 years of wrestling is here. It's not all about wrestling. But 50 years. It's more than a milestone. It's a benchmark for us to look at. Thank you, Thank you. for being here. Find those things in your life that are worth fighting for and fight for them. With every last breath you have, fight for them. But those things that you know that you're being a stubborn two-year-old about, let it go. Just let it go. Jesus in the gospel lesson did a fantastic thing. When he was bone tired and needed to slip away by himself, which he did, he suddenly found a crowd of people around him that needed him. He stepped out, he fed them, he did what God asked him to do. He chose not to wrestle at that moment. My hope and prayer for you this week is that you know those things in your life that God is asking you to do. Stop fighting. And as the commercial says, just do it. Amen.